podcasting from her villain's lair. Filled with sequin linens, the new Urban Decay palette, and a half-finished ransom letter, bringing you unsolicited advice realness. She's blunt. Girl, you better start charging more. Your kindness is not paying the bills. She's hilarious. Look, I am just one bouquet toss away from pulling an Anna Nicole. She's compassionate. Honey, you have everything you need inside of you to make this happen. Stop giving up on you and give away all of those self-doubts. But the fact still remains. She doesn't even go here! Hello. I hope you guys are doing great. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, (laughs) wow, today is June 1st. We are six months into 2020 and wow. You know, (laughs) I had all of these grand plans for 2020 and I've only done one episode for She Doesn't Even Go Here. And that was not my intent at all. Um, Things have just been so incredibly busy. And my first episode was about COVID this year. And it it wasn't even like anything. I I know that it helped people. I will say that. Okay. But what what I want to say is that I knew that there were so many people who at that particular time felt just bombarded. They felt lost. They had no idea how to approach this. And, you know, their livelihoods depended on it. Their lives depended on it. So I just wanted to come out with something to um, to speak to those people and to help them at that time. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll do all of my episodes later. But life had other plans. You know, things have been so incredibly different since that episode and um they continue to be so you know right now even in the midst of covid we've got america is pretty much burning i guess you could say and you know right now i feel like i'm back in that position again where so many of my followers feel lost they feel bombarded, their livelihoods and lives are at stake. So I feel like I absolutely do have to speak out again. And so this isn't necessarily about all of the racial injustices that have happened, have been happening. I'm going to save all of that for my town hall on Wednesday. I'm having a town hall on June 3rd at 2 p.m. Eastern called Healing Wounds and Bridging the Gaps, an honest conversation about race and allyship in the wedding industry. So I know that we will attack so many things there, but what I wanted this episode to be was a way to support those who are going through, who throughout all of this have been questioning their place within the industry and those who honestly are are looking and expecting more from our industry as they should, quite honestly. 
And I do just want to say that, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I keep it real with all three of my listeners out there, but there's not going to be any funny sponsors or anything like that this episode because with everything going on, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I don't, you know, there's nothing funny right now and you know that that's that's a powerful statement because I can remember um somebody making a comment someone's child making a comment saying you know why didn't Harry Tubman smile in her pictures and the response was you know because wasn't shit funny and that's exactly how I feel right now and I think that that is a telling statement in that you know my mind is so heavy and it's so serious that you know I don't want to be funny right now. And I also can't laugh. So there's that. Um, Yeah. So this actually is not going to be as much of a heavy episode, I guess, as I am um, foreshadowing. But it's an important message. So let's get to it. Okay. So... Your you-ness is going to be very different from your uniqueness. You know, your uniqueness has a sense of permanence to me when I think about it. Like, oh, she's got a mole on her nose. And, you know, that makes her so unique. That, that makes her, you know, a striking, very unique beauty. That's not what I'm saying because, you know, you are not the mole and the mole is not you. That's not it. So your you-ness is a window into who you are. You know, it's very fluid. It evolves. It grows, which in turn forces our industry to shift and to grow from, you know, the stale status quo of droned out looks and messages that we have pretty much come to accept as the norm. And, you know, when I go out and speak, for those of you who have heard me go out and speak, you know, I, I, I do a few things that are part of my you-ness. You know what I mean? So when I get up there and I speak in the very beginning, you know, I, I do two things. One, I, I pre-qualify myself. I pre-qualify myself in a way that establishes why I'm there and why I am going to talk about the things that I'm going to talk about. And I talk about myself as a person, and I talk about myself as a wedding professional in the industry. And that's super important because I want people to relate to me on both levels so that that way they are more apt to receive my message. And I think that that is increasingly important for the success of my sessions. So in saying that, my pre-qualifications, excuse me, you know, they consist of, you know, two things. I share people, share with people my personality and, and who I am as a person. And then I share with them my work. So I want them to know that I'm not getting up here and kicking you a lot of fluff. I'm not getting up here and, you know, I don't want your kudos. I don't want you to adore me. I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this because I want you to know I have been where you are. I've been where you're going. And 
I want you to know that I see you and I know that, you know, I know the things that you're going through, right? So there is a reason, if you've ever heard me speak, there is a reason why I say things like, you know, I call everybody honey, baby, y'all, or girl, regardless of gender. Or I say, you know, if I wasn't born a girl, I'd be a drag queen. There's a reason for that. Now, of course, that is me. (laughs) If you spend five minutes with me, you will see that that's all me and that is money that you can definitely bank on. But I also know what I'm doing. I am shouting out to marginalized groups in our society and also in our industry. Now, by no means am I saying that all people of color speak that way or that all gay people want to be drag queens. What I am saying is that These are just small nuances within our communities. And when we hear them, our ears perk up. And it's recognition in every sense of the word. And it is extremely powerful to see yourself, to see your community and someone up on the big stage. You know, it means something to you and it means something to be shouted out. And that's why I do that at the very beginning, because I want you to know that I see you, that I'm with you, and that I am you. I'm a Black woman. And, you know, we are viewed as sassy, funny, nurturing, fashionable, whatever. We have the tendency to be told that we're too angry, we're too loud. Everything about us from our natural hair to the curve of our bodies is viewed controversial and at times unprofessional. The way that we speak is mimicked or appropriated and at times even shamed. But baby, you get all of that when I get on stage. The whole honey baby y'all girl thing. Now I do that without even thinking. But that is also how my people talk. And I am completely professional, but I am real. And I throw in that nuanced cultural language in my value-packed presentations. And I use it to break down a wall to communicate with my audience. I make you comfortable hearing it and thereby comfortable and ready to absorb what I teach you. Because I want you to know the long standard, the long standing standard, excuse me, of holding black folks accountable of needing to be, quote unquote, extra articulate in order to be accepted is ridiculous. So then the next time you hear someone use the vernacular that I use or they don't speak like you do or they are very colloquial, you'll keep listening because you know that there may be gems there. And that black women don't have to be perfect. They just need to be heard. I also said this in an Instagram post about how I've been criticized for what I wear on stage. Good. (laughs) I wear what I want for two reasons, really three. The number one being that I paid for it and I'm going to do what I want. But I also love fashion. I love to dress up. I've spent enough time in pantsuits and long dresses and plaid uniform skirts in my life. And if that is what you're looking for, then baby, I'm sorry you missed it. But there is a reason behind what I wear as well. 
The other reason is that this is me and this is my body. I don't camouflage or cover up my curves. My sisters are luscious and curvy. Our bodies have been hypersexualized, used for labor, for breeding, for nursing. Everything from our thick thighs, plump butts, and vast breasts are either used against us or disdained as other or too much and not the norm. So when you see me trot up there on that stage, it is so much more than a fashion statement. It is a lot of curvy and plus girls out there. It's a lot of black women out there who should not feel like they should have to wear trash bags to make someone else feel comfortable looking at their body. How my body makes you feel is your business as long as you don't touch it. Listen, (laughs) but they should wear what makes them feel comfortable and powerful. And I'm not gay. Members of my staffs are, and they are my family. But I also put my money where my mouth is. When we opened up the White Lounge, we had someone inquire about working with us. And in doing my due diligence, I took it back to my staff as part of the research phase. And it came up that this particular company was horrible to my assistant when she was looking to get help for her wedding to another woman. The experience left her feeling hurt, mortified, and isolated. I am a fierce protector and a Scorpio. (laughs) And I really feel like that's all that needs to be said. But their membership was subsequently denied, and we have never worked with them. And under no circumstances, you absolutely will not benefit from her creativity, from her referrals, or from her labor when you denied her the very same thing in a nasty way. And you will not under my watch or by me turning my head, make another bride or groom feel the way that you made my assistant felt. It wasn't retaliatory. Okay, because remember, I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Our retaliations look more like the burning car and waiting to exhale than, you know, me saying I'm not going to work with you. But this was me standing up for my staff, for who I am and for the people that I love. This is my you-ness. This is who I am. And that's what I had to stand up for. Now, you know, whatever you want to do with your business, that is absolutely you, whatever you believe, however you let that impact your business, however you let that influence your business, that is, in every sense of the word, your business. But this is how I do mine and how I decided to effect, effectively communicate who I am and how I do mine. So, you know, if you are a white conservative man and your business is veils, guns, and Jesus, good on you, honey. This message is for you too. Embrace your you-ness because there is a client and a support market out there for you and I want you to have it. I want all of us to have it. We have got to stop pretending that there is a certain look or a certain style or a certain gender that is the accepted status quo in this industry and that people have to hide themselves or change their name or look apart in order to get the job. It takes all of us to make this industry 
So we should all be the poster children, especially if we want to service the world. And this just isn't in relation to color, who you love. That is not what this is about. But those are the most finite examples that I could give you. But, you know, this industry needs to be different. It needs to reflect everyone in it because everyone is getting married. And what you do and what you offer and how you offer it may be the only time someone comes in contact with someone like you. So be the best damn you there is. Don't rob us of that. Don't steal away the opportunity for us to love and know who you are just so that you can fit into a box. And this is why I implore you, you know, all the time to figure out what your magic is. You know, I say your magic is whatever makes you memorable, an asset, you know, what you can give generously, what makes you irresistible, and how you communicate it. And this is also why I tell my clients all of the time that a major factor in choosing their vendors can't just be about price. It has to be about the personality and the style of the vendor that they're choosing because you want someone who is going to be excited about your wedding and for all of the right reasons. Someone who is going to pull from their experiences for their wedding. Someone who is going to step up their game for their wedding because they know that their you-ness demands it. You know, I was having this conversation with Jamie years ago. And I told her I had no idea of an impact that... I had on certain attendees. And I don't know if it was my ignorance or if I was just so caught up in just trying to be good that I missed how it was received. And that's not in a bad way. But I I have so many people... Every single, guys, I I lie to you not, every single time I come off that stage or my session ends and people come up to the stage, it's always somebody and at least one off to the side and that says, it is so good to see one of us up there. It is so good to see you being real and, you know, it makes me feel like I don't have to change. I don't have to be someone else or I don't have to try to fit into their mold in order to work and in order to be who I am and in order to be successful at it. Had I had I not, those people would have missed that. And this is another reason why I will not change the way that I present. I don't care who likes it, who doesn't like it, but I know that it's important. So when you you see me on a roster, people already people who've come in contact with me, they already know what it is. You know, you know you're getting the real. You it, it my sessions are like conversations. I don't want this to be a bully pulpit. 
and when I talk to you, I want you to feel like it is just me and you talking. I want you to feel like you're the only person in the room. And I have a certain way of presenting that. Again, putting out my you-ness. Had I not done that, so many people would have still felt like I got to be in a box. I got to do this. I can't be who I am. So that's another reason why I feel like it is imperative that we give people the space and the opportunity to be who they are in this industry. It's not all dominated by young white women. That's not who our market is. That is not who our, our clientele specifically always is. So we have to give people the space to be who they are and what they are. Even those women, you know, even the white women, they have their own personalities as well that need to be embraced and encouraged. And I just... (sighs) And that's where it starts. Because like I said before, there are going to be so many opportunities for referrals, for learning, for conversations. And in those opportunities, that may be the only time that someone is exposed to someone with your experiences, with your background, and with the things that make you you, with the things that have let themselves to your, um, to how you deliver and perform your experience, how you even approach your creative process. And I do hope that all of this makes sense. I hope now, whenever you come and see me speak, I can't believe I'm tearing up. Oh my God. (laughs) I hope that when you hear me speak and you hear the, the honey the baby, the y'all, the girl. When you hear the jokes about the drag queen, when you hear about me being a mom that's got to take care of, you know, her kids and work hard. You know, when you hear about me being a daughter that lost a parent, when you hear my stories, even when you hear my stories as a young entrepreneur who had to make certain choices in Um, starting her brand and expressing her brand and growing her brand. I want you to know I'm talking to you. And if you were looking for a sign to be who you are, if you were looking for a sign that says you are appreciated and you are loved and you are needed, that's it. I hope to see you guys at the town hall on Wednesday. Remember, that is Wednesday, June 3rd at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can hop um, either on my Facebook page. You can see the post. You can also hop into my bio. There is a link there where you can register. Um, It hasn't even been up 24 hours and, you know, we're over 300 registrants. So that makes me feel so good that we're going to have an honest conversation 
about the racism within our industry, the quiet racism, the subtle racism, the exclusionary racism, and how we say enough is enough and how we move forward. So I do hope that you will join us. Um, By no means am I looking to (laughs) affect global change in one hour, but it's a conversation and it, it needs to be had. And it may empower someone else to have it. So um, I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And I certainly hope that this message encourages you, that it lifts you up, that it lets you know that you are amazing and that I'm here for you always. And um, that it's important that all of us, quote unquote, use in our you-ness are seen and heard in this industry if we're going to make it better. All right. I think the world of you guys, I will see you soon.